Amen. I read something this week. I'm going to share this with you. I read something this week about things you don't do when you are introducing your message to be preached, okay? And here's a couple things they said. Is one is don't have like a real intense video, okay? Cause, you know, because everything you say from there is going to be below. It's just going to go downhill. Or, or not a real intense story, okay, that you know, everybody's fixated on and then you give your little puny message, you know? I was thinking one thing they ought to do is when worship's really good, forget preaching. Amen. And I'm just like, who needs preaching when you have when the Lord touches you so much? That's the way I feel. You know, it's like, man, Lord, that's what we're living for. Amen. Is the presence of the Lord. And I think I do have something I want to share with you though, having said all that. Is <laughs> but really this is what this is. This is an invitation. Okay? And uh, it's an invitation from the Lord. And <clears throat> so what I want to do is, is uh, first, is I'm going to share this visitation I had with you from the Lord this Friday. I had a visitation from the Lord. And, but before I share it, I mean, this seems like, there seems to be so many opposites in the spiritual life, okay? Here's, here's the opposite. Years ago, um, back you know, when the real uh, move of God started in the early 90s, the Lord gave Becky a vision, and he showed her you know, these little things, the wet floor things that they put out, little yellow things they sit on the floor, caution, wet floor, meaning you can slide down, yeah, if you're not careful. And the Lord said to her, it's about, it's about manifestations. Is manifestations, you know, can cause you to slip in your spiritual life. In other words, the very thing that God gives as you know, that happens to people that God, when God begins to manifest Himself, uh, you know, and in, in you know, like any kind of manifestations or in visitations, dreams, any you know, all of that, as wonderful as it is, can cause you to slip in your Christian life. And so, uh, you know, godly wisdom. We, I was at a meeting with Bob Jones, and most of you know that Bob Jones, he's like the king of manifestations. I mean, you know, he's like the ultimate king of, of spiritual experiences. And, but he had this experience with the Lord in this meeting, and in the meeting, it started raining on his hand. And he looked at his hand, and his hand was literally wet. Okay? And he was like, man, my hand's wet. God's raining on my hand. And so he asked the church, is anybody's hand wet? And nobody's hand was wet. And then nothing happened, and he was like, "What does this mean?" And, what, and the Lord, the Lord showed him. He said, "We're coming. We're in a time now where, where the Lord is saying, you know, in terms of of these things, is God is saying we need to be careful about drawing attention to those things, okay? Because if we, because we're going to miss. Let me just tell you something. Another thing, Lord, yeah, I'm preaching Becky's message. Nothing the Lord told Becky back then is manifestations are here to stay." They're never going to go away. Now, there may be times when they're real intense, then times when they'll, you know, withdraw for a season. Dreams, visions, and revelations and encounters from the Lord are never going to come to an end. Okay? Um, so, we're, not, we're in a time of godly wisdom where God wants to, to bring people into these powerful encounters with Him. But that's not really the... There's something He's trying to reveal to you in these encounters. And that's what's really important right now is what He's trying to reveal to you. So now in the Bible, you know, the Bible is always clear, you know, and when people have encounters from the Lord, it really, it, it's not hiding those encounters, okay? 
In other words, when a person had a, a visitation from God or a visitation from an angel or a, or a powerful vision that impacted, the Bible clearly reveals that. Okay? And then it goes on to explain you know, the, what God was trying to do. Are you all following with me? So, you know, I'm going to tell you about my visitation, but I really want to tell you about what God was showing me through this visitation because that's where I believe this, there's an invitation from the Lord for you this morning. Uh, are you all good? Yeah. All righty. Thank you, Jesus. So, um, this happened to me Friday night over about a six-hour period of time. Okay? That's, that's when it started, and then it went over about a six-hour period of time when the Lord came and visited me. But first, I want to read this scripture to you, kind of make it semi-legal. <laughs> Actually, this is a really important scripture. Y'all looking too intense at me. You're making me nervous. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try to behave, you know. I'm not going to try to do anything. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to give it as it comes. <laughs> You know, and if it's, I could do a message and read the notes, honestly, and be happy if that's the way the Lord brought it. Yeah, amen. Thank you, Lord. But let me just say this. Did you get the hint that God was trying to give us in worship this morning? God's trying to speak to us. Did you notice every one of those songs, what what the subject was? It's about the Lord Himself. And you see, we're in a time in the church where God is trying to bring people back to the Lord Himself. Where God becomes the center again. Because see, what happens to us, and it happens over and over and over and over in, in church history, is God reveals Himself, and there's a lot of glorious things that happen around the Lord. And, but we, we drift away from the Lord in all those glorious things. And they become a, actually can become a distraction to you from God. And God is really out to really bring us back to Himself. That's really what His heart really is. Amen? And, and it says uh, in Hebrews 11, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that if things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. The things that are seen were not made of things that are visible. In other words, everything that we see, even down to these chairs, was not made. It came from the invisible world. In other words, somebody had a thought about this podium. There was a thought. There was an unseen thought that said, this is a podium, and it became a reality over something unseen. God had a thought about the world, and He spoke the world into existence. He had thought about you and I. See, it's all, everything's created from the invisible world. And so in the invisible world is something called substance. And, that, and this substance is what we have to get out of the invisible world into this world. Okay? Now, I wanted to sort of put that out, you know, out for you. Um, and now I want to start telling you about my little visitation. I'll come back to that scripture in a minute. You'll... You'll get a better understanding. This is what happened to me. It happened to me Friday night. It was about 6 o'clock. And this is what was going on. Because everything, everything if, if you really begin to start having these visitations or encounters with the Lord, if you'll pay attention, everything that's going on around you is part of what God's trying to tell you. Okay? It's not just this thing with God. What the context of the setting of it, everything is important. 
Okay? God's trying to use all that to communicate. This is what was going on. I was cooking on the grill, okay? And my grandchildren were at our house. Okay, and I was out there on the side porch, and this is what was happening. I felt the presence of the Lord on my porch. Okay? I felt His presence there. In the middle of grilling, in the middle of my granddaughters coming in and out, talking to me, engaging me in what grandkids do. And so what I had to do is I had to make a decision about what I was going to do. Was I going to... But I had to keep doing what I was doing. Okay, this is important. I had to keep doing what I was doing. I couldn't just stop and throw my kids to the side. I didn't really feel like that was God. When I made a decision, in my heart, I decided I'm going to engage God out here on this porch while I got my iPhone out, timing my meat. On, that's how you do, that's how you cook meat. You use your iPhone, you put your timer on, cook it on one side this far, and then you turn it. So you sort of have to keep up with what's going on. Yeah, I mean, otherwise it's going to be bad. Unless you're a natural cook, which I'm not. So I had to be real careful or I ruin things. You know, so I'm doing this in the middle of that, and I'm hearing God drawing me, okay? In the middle of what I'm doing, okay? And I'm making a choice in my heart, in the middle of what I'm doing, in the middle of my distractions, in the middle of my busyness, to, to turn aside to God in my heart. Okay, so that's the first thing that I feel like God was showing me about this encounter. Number one, there's a lot of people that are weighed down in their lives. Okay, with distractions, with discouragements, with all this other stuff that's going on in the world. And the Lord is right there asking people. Now, that's the invitation. He's inviting us to an encounter. But many of us are so focused on other things that we don't have time to respond to the Lord. Or we're not taking time to respond to the Lord. Because He's not asking you to stop your busy life. He's not asking you to quit your job. He's not asking you to move to the mountains somewhere. He's just asking you in your heart, why in the middle of what you're doing, will you begin to put your focus on in your heart towards Him? Okay? That's the first thing. And so that's what I did. And then the, the second thing was, let me, let me read this Scripture first to you. Okay? Because this really is powerful. So that's the first thing the Lord showed me, is that He is subtly... Right now, he's suddenly, subtly drawing people to himself for those who will take the time in their hearts to take the focus of, and I'm talking about heart focus. Your mind may need to be focused on something else. If you can't focus your mind on something else and your heart on something different, then you've got some bad issues. You're probably not ever born again, you know, because the Holy Spirit, is what, he enables us to do that. But the problem is, is many of us are just weighed down in our hearts. I mean, with a lot of stuff. And it's keeping us from engaging God in our hearts, on that heart level. Uh, Song of Solomon, verse, chapter 1, verse 4 says, Draw me away, we will run after you. Draw me away, we will run. The king has brought me into his chambers. We will be glad and rejoice in you. We will remember your love more than wine. Rightly do they love you. So draw, that's what the first one draw me away. And he's looking for a response. That's the invitation. The Lord's saying, I'm, I'm looking for somebody who's going to stop in their hearts. Like Moses. Remember Moses? Moses was in the desert and he saw a bush that was burning that wasn't consumed. And the thing a lot of people don't realize is that was a common thing. Bushes, the spontaneous combustions in the desert. The thing that wasn't common is they would burn up and end. This one wasn't. And Moses said, 
I'm going to turn aside and look at this thing. I'm going to turn aside. In fact, he, made, he saw something, he called it, and he went back and looked at it. That's, that was his response, just to stop. And out of that, the voice of God came to Moses out of a bush. So if we, like the voice of God came to me on my porch, sitting on my porch, the voice of God came to me, and this is what he said to me. He said, now, this, now I, don't, I believe this is for everybody, but I believe there could be other things that God would say to you. But I believe this is for everybody. He said to me, he said, it is time to bring some things to conclusion. It is time to bring some things to conclusion. In other words, there's some things that's been going on in people's lives. It just occupies you or, or things you've been doing. It's, but it's time for it to be over with. It's just time for it to be over with. Now, here's one of the things he immediately brought to my mind. This is, a, this is a wonderful thing that was happening in my life. It started back when I was in Paraguay that God really brought me to a place in my heart of a lot of, of healing in my heart, unraveling, untangling, a lot of reflection, time of reflection. I've spent a long time reflecting. You know, and it's been really a powerful thing. But the Lord said, that's done in your life, Byron. Your time of reflections is over with. And if you keep going, when God says to stop, you, you know, you're sorting to pick at things, you know, you're digging around, you know, and you don't want to dig around in your heart if God ain't digging around in there. So, but that was one a personal thing. But I think with all of us, it's, it's time to bring some things to conclusion. And you can ask the Lord what those things are in your life, but it's time for them to be concluded in your life. It's time for them to be quit occupying your heart. And you know what? Some of us, this is the way the truth is, for some of us, some of, us, some of those things are going to be left unresolved. But you're going to have to walk away from them in your heart because it's time. The Lord is saying it's over with. It's time to conclude that. It's time for you to move on. Are y'all, y'all hearing that? Ooh, mercy, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The next thing that happened to me is, is, uh, you know, we I finished cooking the meat and it was really good. <laughs> I had a really good supper. Okay. And so, you know, the grandkids were there watching Mary Poppins. Anybody watch Mary Poppins? Yeah. I watched it again. Or part of it. And then it was time for them to leave. Okay? And they left. And I was sitting there on the couch. And something really wonderful happened. The, the very presence of the very person of Christ came into my living room. Okay? The, the real manifest presence of the Lord Himself came into my living room. But what was strange about it is he came and stood next to my television. Okay, so I'm sitting in my chair. I got my television sitting there that had the thing, you know, it was, the movie was taken out and the DVD thing was just kind of rolling. You know how that does? You know how that works? That's what was playing on television, DVD. DVD, you know. But the Lord was standing there. That's where his presence was. And his presence began to permeate me. And I'm going to tell you, this is what I realized at that moment. I realized a terrible thing about me. I realized how little of the manifest presence of the Lord I have in my life. And it made me remember. Because there's been times in my life in the past where I've had more of God's manifest presence. And it made me remember those times. That's, what it, that's why I wanted to read that scripture. It says, we will remember your love more than wine. In fact, His presence, when His presence came, it made me remember what I didn't have. You know, there's a saying, and we don't really understand this. There's a saying that you don't know how much freedom you have until you lose it. Okay? 
you don't really know how much freedom you have until you lose it. And see, I think that's the way it is with the presence of the Lord. Little by little by little by little in my life, the manifest presence of the Lord had been chipped away, chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. And then when His presence came, I realized, oh my gosh, the very, very presence of Christ, the very presence of this person that's standing in my, in my living room. And it was wonderful. It was so wonderful. Becky was trying to talk to me. She, was, she said, well, you're not talking. <laughs> and then she said, you're acting weird. And I was thinking, you would be acting weird too if you knew what was going on right now. But I didn't say that. Okay? Because I was so enthralled with that presence of that person. And you see, what has happened to us, and many people, is, is, is our, the occupation of our heart. It's not that God has withdrawn His presence. It's the occupation of our heart has t- taken us out of His presence. Okay? And we've lost the manifest presence of the Lord like we once had. I'm just, just being 100% straight with you. Now, here's what happens. You know, um, I believe this is what happens to everybody, every church. God has created us Christians for His manifest presence. I don't care what anybody says. You look at church history. You look at every believer. And you wonder, like, why did great churches that once were on fire for God suddenly become dead churches? Why? One thing is they've lost the manifest presence of the Lord. And you, while we're, while we're Christians who are go, growing and going with God on fire for the Lord, passionate Christians, why all of a sudden are they not like that? Why have some become lukewarm, even cold? Because they lost the manifest presence of God in their life. Because God created us to live in His presence. He created us to have that presence, to sense that presence, and for that presence to activate our life and cause. It's just like in a marriage. If if you have you can't have a marriage with the other person living 150 miles away and you never talk to them, you never communicate to them. There's no connection with them. Sooner or later, you're going to lose your desire for that person. You're going to be desiring something else. And so, what's happened with a lot of us is we've we've let our hearts get so filled with other things. You know, like taking care of the children. That's an awesome thing. The children had to be taken care of. You can't throw the children to the side. That's the way I felt out there on the porch. I'm not going to throw my grandchildren wanting to engage me in conversation and have a good time with me. I'm not throwing them aside. I think that would have dishonored the Lord. But in my heart, I was able to disengage from this world and engage over there with Him. Even though my mind was listening to them, talking to them. And see, we've got a beard. Are y'all following that? And that's really important. Now, here's what happens is, and this is a great thing, I think. You know, when these times get, you know, we start losing this manifest presence of the Lord in our lives, a lot of people will go into that Matthew 11:12. 12, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And violent men take it by force. In other words, they're going to be intentional about this presence of the Lord in our life. They've made a decision. This is what's important to me. I'm going to pursue this. I'm making a, a conscious decision. This is what I want to go after. But a lot of people don't do that. And so here is a fine line, you know, this, that's a, that can be a very fine line to walk. You know what I'm talking about? Because you could get into striving real easy doing that, right? But this is what I really believe. I believe that God has called people to pursue His presence. Okay? It's like if y'all were here last week and heard Larry Randolph's very humorous example about that. Did y'all catch that about his wife that he has now? Like he just wasn't waiting on her to suddenly come after him. He pursued her. And see, God is looking for people who have that kind of heart with them, who really want to be intentional about their spiritual lives. Because if you're not intentional, I don't care what anybody says. Don't listen to what anybody says. Here's the truth. If you want something, you're going to go after it. 
Okay, you can say all this stuff. God is not just going to drop everything out of the sky on you. It's just not going to happen. That is not reality. It's not even in the Bible. That's a lie from hell. That's the what devil's way to get you into a place of passivity spiritually. Okay? And, and the church is full of passive Christians. Thinking that well, it's all God. Well, it's not all God. Okay? It's really not. Otherwise, we wouldn't have all this stuff. There's an encouragement in the Bible for us to really lay hold of the Lord. Okay? There's a real encouragement. Because, see, God is not the kind of God who's going to say, well, he's just like everybody else. He wants to be loved. He wants people to pursue him. Just like you want people to love you and pursue you. You want to be loved on. I want to be loved on. We want to have a, there needs a communion. Are y'all following that? So I think that's really important, you know, that we really begin to pay attention to, to our lack. See, see, it's really the truth. It's really the truth. The presence of the Lord is down. But it ain't like God withdrew His presence. The presence of the Lord is down because we withdrew from pursuing God. And we let our hearts get weighed down with all this other stuff. Are y'all okay? Let me read this to you. It's in Song of Solomon. I didn't put it up there, but this is really good. Uh, it's in Song of Solomon 5. It says, I sleep, but my heart is awake. Okay, that's a person who, you know, is saying, I'm busy, but my heart's engaging. Now, that's where a lot of Christians say they are. I'm busy. I got a life. I got kids. I got jobs. I got issues. I got, you know, I've got stuff to do, you know, but my heart's awake towards you, God. Now, that's a good position to be in. Lord, I'm busy. I've got a job to do. I've got my grandkids. They're going to be over. I've got to take care of them. I've got to cook the steaks. I've got to eat the steaks. But my heart's awake, Lord. My heart's engaging with you. He knocks, saying, open for me, my sister, my love. He knocks, open for me. So there's the Lord's pursuit of us. There's His, his, his you know, His invitation, His desire. My dove, my perfect one, for my head is covered with dew, my locks with the drip drops of the night. I have, and now this is what she's saying, well, you know, I've taken off my robe. How can I put it on again? You know, in other words, i got my pajamas on. I've washed my feet. I'm in the bed. And, why, and Lord, you're showing up right at this very inconvenient moment in my life. You know, you know, how can I, I can't do this, Lord. I'm sorry, I'm too busy right now. I'm cooking the steaks, Lord. I'm taking, you know, Emma, Madeline's got me occupied telling me stories, Lord. I can't, I can't mess with you right now, God. Just hang on, God. You know, hang on, God. My heart's awake, though, Lord. My heart's really awake. And wait till Sunday. I will show you how, how, heart, how wide open my heart is, Lord, when I get to church. But right now on Friday night, I'm too busy, God. I'm too occupied, God, to have this engagement with you. That's my version of Song of Solomon 5.3. But finally she said, well, maybe I better. So she rose and to open. I rose to open for my beloved, and my hands dripped with myrrh. There's a lot of meaning of that, but I can't do it. My fingers with liquid myrrh on the handles of the lock where he had just been there. I opened for my beloved, but my beloved had turned and gone away and was gone. He's gone. Now, I'm, this is the honest truth, and people need to really face this fact. It's not that God ever forsakes us. But there's times, there's these little windows or these little doors where God comes. 
And if we don't respond, he doesn't, that door doesn't stay open. That window doesn't stay up. It's like an invitation into the supernatural realm. It's an invitation into an encounter with Him. And if we decided we don't want to do it, he, it's like God just says, like here, He's gone. I mean, I had my moment, but I missed my moment. doesn't mean you're not going to get the moment again. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean it's not going to come back again. But, you know, these moments are precious. Okay? These moments when God beckons us, these are precious moments. And we really begin to need to think about, wait a minute, is my heart so consumed with other things? Is my heart so consumed that here's the Lord beckoning me, knocking on the door of my heart, asking me for a time with Him, but my heart's so consumed and i got ten other things I've got to do that's more important than that? Lord, can I just, I'm going to do these things, Lord, but my heart's going to be engaged with You. That's, that's really all he's looking at. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, my heart's going to be pointed towards you, God. My ears and my heart's going to be listening to you and talking to you. But I'll tell you, not many people are doing that these days. They're really not. And so, anyways, that's really cool, isn't it? I'll tell you, the manifest presence of the Lord is everything you want. It made me remember because it permeated me. That's the way it felt. It permeated me. And it really made me see what I'm lacking in my life. It really made me see how little His presence I really have. That's, that's the way it meant. Lord, Lord, I don't really have much of Your presence in my life no more. That's what I felt. What I want. This is what I want. This is what I live for. I would give everything to have this all the time, Lord. And I believe God is saying you can have this all the time. Because He's available to us. It's an invitation. Now, I know some people, we've sort of joked about it, as we've gotten, this is sort of a crude way of joking, but, well, not crude, but coarse, okay? As, you know, we've just gotten really, we, it takes hard liquor now to get to us. You know? I mean, at first, it was just a little drink from the spirit realm, and we would just get blasted by the Lord. Now we need a few hours of drinking, you know, to get that blasting of the Lord. But I'm talking about something more than even being blasted. I'm talking about something greater than being blasted. I'm talking about His, His felt and sense presence that, that does everything, that changes everything, that fulfills us. All the things in our heart that we've occupied ourselves thinking that's going to fulfill us or thinking brooding and worrying over that and being occupied that that's the thing that we're supposed to live for and we're supposed to be occupying ourselves with. I'll tell you something. You can look in people's faces and see death on them. I'm talking people in this room right now. You can see death in their eyes. You can see death in their thoughts. And, and the death is this, is they've left that thing in their heart. They've quit engaging God on that level. And slowly but surely, that, that presence starts going down in your life, and you're not even aware of it. Okay. The fourth thing, that was the third thing, the president, the fourth thing, I got in bed. Well, I didn't know what to do. You know, you don't really know what to do about something like that. You know what I'm saying? There's the Lord. He's in the room. It's awesome. It's wonderful. I'm getting blasted. Becky's telling me I'm acting weird. You know, I was acting weird. I didn't know what to do. I mean, there's God standing beside my television set. And it was the Spirit of Christ. It was the Spirit of Christ. That's what I felt. You know, it's like, well, we got the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But it was something like the person of Christ that he was revealing. 
And that's why I thought those songs were so powerful this morning, is they were trying to point us, because, see, God has this master plan at work in our lives. All this devastation people have felt, all this stuff, really, God's at work. God's at work in your devastation. That's what we're not getting about what's going on. It's God's, God's work in His plan if we let Him. All this stuff that has been bashed in our life, we don't realize God's behind it. He's behind it because He's saying, Hey, listen, man. Listen, y'all guys have got so tied to the natural realm. You've got so tied to the natural realm. And, every, and you're judging everything that's going on by what you see and hear. And I'm fixing to unhook that stuff. And I will unhook it and unhook it and unhook it. And He's doing it out of love. And He will come into a church like ours. And He will flatten it if He has to. I mean, here's what He does. Well, I don't really... Why ain't nobody roaring no more? Why, why ain't nobody falling no more? What's wrong? Where's God? God's saying, listen, you put your focus on that stuff. It ain't going to roar all you want to. It's going to be a dead roar. There ain't no life in that. And so He comes back to churches and invites them back to Himself. He comes back to Christians and says, come back to me. Get, get your eyes off of what you're seeing and hearing. If you'll get your eyes off of that and get your eyes back to that person. It really is true. This is what the Lord spoke to him. He, he, this is what He spoke to me the next morning after that. And he, I think it was the next morning. Maybe it was that morning. That morning, actually, that's all began out of that one thought that came in my mind. I thought, every revelation or any revelation, this is what He said to me, any revelation, any dream vision, anything, any encounter, any worship, anything, you just put it, any Bible reading, any teaching, just, just stack your stuff up on it that does not ultimately lead us back to Christ is damnable. It should be damned in your life if it doesn't bring you back to Him. Everything has to bring us back to Him. Everything. It's all meant. It's like all roads lead to Rome. In the spiritual world, all roads lead to Christ. They really do. Otherwise, don't go down the road. You're on the wrong road. It really is the truth. And see, that's really what God's trying to do. He's trying to bring people back to Himself. That's what He's trying to do with us. He's trying to bring us back to Him. That's what it's all about ultimately in the end, is to get us back to Him. Because in that presence of Him, you know how my heart, my I was alive inside of me. I might have been acting weird on the outside, but on the inside. I was alive. I knew this is what I'm living for. I knew if I had a billion dollars at that moment, and somebody said, you can have that forever if you give me the billion. I would have said, take the billion and go. Get out of here. I don't want the billion. All I want is this. Because you realize all this, all this that we see and hear and feel, it's just none of it's worth it. It's, it all this is a lie. It's a deception that we're living in. You know that movie, The Matrix? Somebody had some revelation about that. It was all, this is all a big fantasy and a big lie. If we don't stay connected to that real world. And so we're like a bunch of people walking around thinking that the world is the way it really is one way, but really it's not. Thinking this, this what we have in this life can satisfy us. Y'all all right? <laughs> well, anyways, I got, so you know, I went over and stood where it was at for a bit. It was weird. It was really weird. That thing was weird. You know, people talk about these portals. Have you heard that term, portal? That's the way it seemed. It was like this this. This tube of light, of presence, just came down in this one spot in my living room. 
just like a, and, that, and it was just in that one spot, but I was feeling it where I was at. Okay? That's, that's the way it seemed to me. And so I didn't know what to do. I finally went over and stood in it for a while. And finally, I was like, I don't know what to do. So I went to, and got in bed. And then the next thing that happened, this is what the Lord said. He spoke to me when I got in bed. And he said, Byron, in the spiritual world, hope is substance. In the spiritual world, hope is substance. And I'm thinking, well, that ain't what the Bible says. Your mind is really crazy. But then he showed me somebody. He showed me, he showed me a young woman. Now, I'll get back to that substance thing in a second, but I want to pull this together. He showed me this young woman, somebody I know. And in the natural, this woman, this young woman is ate up with disease. Okay? She's ate up with disease. She's gaunt. She's, her life, honestly, this, this lady's life is easing out of her. I saw her in the spirit world, and she was vibrant and healthy and beautiful. And I realized that's what he's talking about, substance. Because, see, in the spirit world, this this way this woman is. But in the natural world, she's dying. And I know that if we can get her what we see in the spirit world, that vibrancy, that health, that wholeness, and bring it into this world, she, she'll be whole. That's what substance is. You see, we think, oh, hope is just some positive thing or a dream or something. It's, it's real in the spirit world. That's what he was trying to say. It's real. It's a real thing. That's why it says the substance of things hoped for. Things. It's, it's something that's real. It's something that you can touch. It's, it's something tangible. It's just not just some dreamy thing. But in the spirit world, it is real. As it, more real than it is here. Whatever that thing is. It's more real than here. But you know what? To tell you the truth of that lady, she's a young woman. She's not even 30 years old. The truth is for her, if, if that doesn't come out of that spirit world, into this world, she's going to die. She will die eventually. But if we can get that out of there to here, she'll, she'll stay alive. Now, I asked the Lord about that, that substance thing because I thought, well, there's got to be something in the Bible that tells you that. And I found this one scripture, Hebrews six nineteen. It says, the hope we have as an anchor. Now, an anchor is something of substance, right? The hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil. It enters what? Where does it enter? It enters the presence. You see, that's really what the Lord's saying when we talk about everything coming back to the Lord. See, everything's locked away in Him. You know, your dreams, my dreams, our, the things that we want to do, like that healing for that girl, it's locked away in that person of Christ. And that's why He will go to great lengths to, to break us down and cause us to be broken down to get to Him. It's, it's because He loves us. It's because He wants to pull us into Himself. It's because He wants us to really embrace that presence because in that presence is all these other things. In that presence is your dreams, is your calling, it's all the things that you have in your heart that you're looking for, that you want and desire. You're not going to find it anywhere else but Him. And He will make sure of it. And He will frustrate you and confuse your life to the point you get to the place where you realize it's just bowing down to Him. It's just bowing down to Him. Now, I know that you know, everybody would agree with that, but the truth is we don't live that way. It's really not the truth. I mean, we don't live that way. And he's calling the church. He's calling people. That's why I said, that's the way it felt to me. The whole thing felt like an invitation from God. It felt like an invitation for an encounter. 
it, it felt like an invitation for revival. And I don't care what anybody says. Don't let them fool you. God is very interested in revival. Because revival means this. Something that was alive and suddenly not so alive no more. It needs to be revived. People in this room need to be revived. Churches need to be. This church needs to be revived. It does. You can't tell me it doesn't. It needs to be revived. Because I felt His presence. And what we have in this moment is nothing compared to what I felt there. And once you taste the best, you don't want to go back to the... You know, it's like, this is not so hot anymore, Lord. You know? And so we're deceived. We're deceived people. We think we have something. But we really don't compared to what we could have. That's why Jesus says you have a name that you're alive, but you're really not. He was saying, look, you just don't know. You don't know what you could have. You really don't know. Don't satisfy. Don't be satisfied with this. Don't be satisfied with this level here. Don't be satisfied with just manifestations of angels. And I love angels. You know, I'm into angels coming and manifesting. I mean, I'm, that's cool with me. Come on. There was angels manifesting in the room last week. Anybody see them? Every time Larry would go to somebody to prophesy to them, you'd see there's an angel right around you. I could see it. It's getting easier and easier to see in the spirit realm. I'm going to be honest with you. But you know what? To tell you the truth about all that stuff, I don't really care about that stuff as much as I used to. I really want the Lord more. I want that presence more. I will trade all that for the presence. I will trade all that, Lord, because see, in that, see, none of that stuff really, really mounts anything apart from Him. Do you see what I'm saying? None of it really does. Are y'all okay? All right, now here's the last thing. Did y'all, are y'all getting this? Because it's an invitation from the Lord for you to have an encounter with the Lord. That's what it's for. For you to have an encounter with the Lord. It's an invitation for you to make some decisions about what's in your heart. Okay? Of what's occupying your heart. That's the truth. You know, you, you get what you settle for in the spirit world. You really do. You get what you settle for. You know, there's been all these studies in the natural about why some people are successful and others are not. And there's a lot of great things. But one th- common thing with most successful people is they went after it. You know? <laughs> I'm serious. They went after it. They did something. You know, they looked, did this study in, in uh, like uh, Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. They were born in certain places at certain times, okay, which enabled them to be successful. Because certain things were happening in history at this place, in, in the place they were born at, certain things were, were in place. But guess what? If they would not have, if they would not have engaged it, I heard this guy talking about his destiny. He wasn't a Christian, and it was a sports guy. And it was, it was Greg Norman. Anybody ever heard of Greg Norman? He was a great golfer. And he, this is what he said. He said something was really... I wish most, and he's real... You know, he was a great golfer, and now he is a multi-multi-millionaire, millionaire businessman. Okay? That's what... He took his golfing and turned and became business. And he, everything he learned from golfing, he applied to business, and he's real successful business-wise. And they were asking about it. They said, why are you so successful? And he said... He said... The guy said, did you have a destiny? He said, I had a destiny on my life. That's why I'm saying. He said, but 
I accepted the destiny. I took the destiny. I ran with the destiny. I did something with the destiny. And that's why I've got all this now. And see, that's really what we've got to get in our hearts. You know? God encounters us, but He, he don't want us just to sit around like, Oh, I had this encounter with the Lord. I saw this. I felt that. I heard this. I heard that. And, but there's nothing changed about us. You know where he's saying, no, I have this encounter, but figure out what I'm trying to say in the encounter. Do something with the encounter. And the, what the encounter said to me is, Byron, you don't have the presence of God in your life like you think you do. You are deceived. That's what it was telling me. You're lacking, son. You're lacking in your, the manifest presence. And it's something you have always wanted in your life. And you think you have a level when you really don't. I'm probably not the only one in the room that's sort of in that state. I think this church is in that state. We really are in that state. Let's get real with each other. Let's do something about it, though. Because the presence is available. That's what He wants to do. He wants us to have that. I was supposed to read you one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's how you had it. I was, that's it. Yes. You know what I told the Lord? I said, Lord, listen, I'm going to share this. I'm going to share this in Canada, but I'm not going to do teaching on it. You know, he's like, ah. That's <laughs> the way you feel. I don't want to do that. just want to share it. But you know, it says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Okay? So what is framing your world? That's the question. What's framing your world? Is it God? God's? His Word, His revelation, his, who He is, what He's doing, or is it something else? Because something's framing our world. Is it your environment? Your, a lot of people's environment is just dictating to them their life. They are just so whipped, and they're Christians, and they're beat. Doesn't that break your hearts? Doesn't it break your hearts for Christians to come, and they're dead in church? Doesn't it break your heart? When you look around and you see deadness on people, you see people who are once on fire for God, and they are wilting and wilting and wilting. And why are they wilting? Because they have a bad relationship. Or God didn't do this for me. And they're wilting away. Can you, can you believe we're doing that? Can you believe it? That we have fallen so far. That's the way I feel about me. When you get in the presence of the Lord, you really see your true state. You really see what's really happening. And you see all, all this doctrine, all this theology that may be true, but it's not true in your life. And you are deluding yourself. Saying this, saying that. The presence of God will mess you up. In a good way. It's not that God's mad at us. Isn't it? I told you. That's why I said this is an invitation. I feel like God was inviting me into something. Out of my delusion. I'm inviting you out of delusion into reality with me. Greater reality, greater revelation. You want great, you want dreams, you want visions, you want encounters. I'm inviting you into all of that.
Did I say we must not allow environment to dictate our destiny? That's a good word, isn't it? Am I being too wild? <laughs> well, this is it. Second Corinthians 4.13. This is what the Bible says that Moses did. It said that Moses, this is in Hebrews 3, Moses gave witness to what God was doing. In other words, Moses gave a voice. He gave a voice to what God was doing. And because he... Because what God was doing was, was spoken. And that, see, it don't work. It even says that about angels. That angels have to voice what God's doing. It doesn't work unless it's communicated. That God, what God is wanting to do, what God is doing in the spiritual world, it has to be spoken. Somebody has to say, I saw this girl that's dying of this disease, but I saw her full of life and full of beauty as a young woman. I saw it. That's giving voice. That's giving witness to what God's doing. And that's the only way that this is going to work. But if we're not, if our hearts are so far away that we're not even engaging when God, when He just shows up in the room on the porch where there's really not a real powerful thing, but there's something, but we're too busy, we're not going to appear to get there. I hope you feel convicted like I do. <laughs> All right, Second Corinthians 4, 13. Oh, Lord, help us. Help me, Lord. And since we have the same spirit of faith, that's what Paul was saying. And you know what the context of this is? Crushed, beat down, perplexed, tore up, failing, nothing's working, everybody's backsliding, the Christians are dead, they're really not really going on to God. But since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. See, he was telling the secret. You know... That we can really release, we can release all this if we're brave enough to, you know, and we have enough courage to, you know, if we if we engage the Lord and then we begin to speak what we see and hear, we begin to release what God's put there, then things can change, things can happen. At least people are confronted; they get to make a decision. See, a lot of you this morning, you're going to have to make a decision, okay? And what I just said to you. Okay, the decision is you have to, and whether you whether you consciously you can walk out of here and not think about it again, but you've made a decision. Okay, because I've challenged you about having delusion in your life. I've challenged you about the condition of your heart, and so you can either just like if you ignore it, you have made a decision, or you can say to God, you know what, that's probably me too, Lord. That's probably, I probably got some of that going on in me. I, I think I might have some delusion. And you know what, Lord, maybe what did happen to the manifest presence of the Lord you know, in my life? Why what, 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 ain't I on fire anymore like I was? What's, what is wrong with me, Lord? What is going on in my life, Lord? I need to know that. I need to get, get engaged. I need to get reconnected with you again. I need to just make some decisions about this stuff that's going on in my life about it. Well, I'm going to cut it off or not. All righty. <laughs> I, I want to give voice to something that happened to us on Thursday night um, Just, I think the Lord is really inviting us as a people into something that's beyond what we've been experiencing um, just for those of you who may not know it our family has really been in a four week period of crushing we, we, had a, we had a lice infestation in our house 
that really it hit our family so hard. It mostly hit Amy hard because she was the one doing most of the work. But it was it was day in from morning till night dealing with this thing for about four weeks. And um, I mean, just if just to give you a picture of it, but for about eight hours a day, all of us would be in the bathroom just getting rid of nits off of our heads. So I say that to tell you not feeling very spiritual, right? The invitation that the Lord is making is beyond the church service. It's beyond the worship band. It's beyond all of the stuff in the four walls of the church. But it really is for everyday life. God's inviting us to a glory that is for now and it's for every day. It's for your job. It's for your school. It's for every relationship that you're in. It's for in season. It's for out of season. So Thursday night, we're in the bathroom working on some of the little kids, and we've had to pull on our older kids to clean the house, cook the meals, and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's been a real... It, it, well, the Lord's been in it, like Byron was saying. He, he, the Lord is doing stuff. And so I came out of the bathroom, and I walked into the kitchen to, to do something I forget, and I saw Savannah. Savannah was at the table scurrying writing in her journal and what happened was I walked right into a glory cloud in the middle of my kitchen and it was so powerful my knees buckled but but more than that my heart buckled and I was like Savannah do you feel that the Lord's here and Savannah just looked at me and she was like she had a she had a smile on her and she had the sober look on her face and I ran back I said Amy, the Lord's, the Lord's in the kitchen. The Lord's in the kitchen. And, and she walked out with a load of laundry. She walked through our kitchen out to our mudroom to, with the Lord. I said, do you feel that? Do you feel that? And, and it, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't a situation where we stopped and had a worship service or we stopped and did daily devotions with the kids or anything. It was like in the middle of our really big mess of a situation the lord came and that's what i feel like is being said to the lord to us that pay attention because when you're when you're serving a meal at the restaurant that you work at or if you're sitting in your cubicle doing something at work the lord is is churning up the waters right now in our midst because he does have a destiny for us He does have a destiny for us as individuals. He has a destiny for us as a community of believers. And that destiny is for this explosion of love to take place in our cities, in our state, and in our nation. Amen? So let's just stand up right now. Lord, we thank You that Your grace keeps coming and coming and coming and coming and inviting and inviting and inviting. (laughs) And Lord, we turn once again from our apathy, from our, our inability to see and hear, Father, for those times where we've been disenchanted or disappointed by something and have turned off the feelers of our heart. God, forgive us for that. And right now, we just... We just say yes to, to, yes to you, and we choose right now to just turn those feelers back on, Lord. Lord, you 
You place light and easy yokes on people, Lord. Your burden is light. Your burden is easy. Your love brings refreshing. Lord, your love is better than wine, and we know how good wine is, Lord. Lord, we know that wine is tasty. That the nature of wine brings inebriation to our minds, Father. That it, 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 it washes off inhibitions, Father. And your love does more than that, Father. And God, you're not just interested in saving our souls, God, but you're interested in making us whole. Making us whole from our, from our minds to our hearts, to our hands to our feet, God. Holy Spirit, we, we invite you just to break out right now. We just invite you to break out right now. Let the presence of the Lord just be released in this atmosphere right now. God, we want to pay attention right now to what the Spirit is saying. Holy Spirit, come again. Just say that. Holy Spirit, come again. Holy Spirit, come again into my life. Holy Spirit, come again into my home. Holy Spirit, come into my school. Come into my marriage. Come into my work. Come into my children's lives. Come into my spouse's life. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to have your way again. Brand new, Father. We just want to walk through that doorway right now, Lord, that you've opened for us. Let's raise your hands for just a second. If, if you just, here's what you just saying, Lord, you know what, Lord? I think you want a relationship with me more than I want a relationship with you. And I think I want that. I want to have that closer relationship that you're inviting me into. I'm saying that to you this morning. Like, Lord, you know what? I can't figure out how to do all this. But if you're initiating something, Lord, here I am. If you are on the porch or in the bathroom or the kitchen or the washroom and you're there and you're saying, I'm here, I'm saying, Lord, I'm turning aside to you. And I'm, my ears are here. I'm here to hear what you got to say to me. And I want to receive everything that you have, Lord. I want to fall in love with you. Because you're just releasing that love and that beauty to me, Lord. Oh, Lord, just, just do that. Help us to connect with your world. Help us to be sensitive, Lord. Help us to shed things in our hearts. Because you said it was time for some things to come to a conclusion. I want to conclude some things this morning, Lord, with you, so I can go on into what you have for me. Lord, I just pray you'd bless every person in this room right now, every person, every person, Lord, every person would really experience your beautiful presence, 
Every person would experience more. Every person, Lord. There's, there's so much more that you have for us, Lord. There's so much more. Lord, we're, we're like living in one when you said you can have 99. You can get 100 when you get to heaven, but you can get 99 here. You can just get another one when you get there. and just be a, a bridge from, from this world into that world. So let's just get the 99. If the God is saying you can have 99% today, and I'll hold that 1% back. That's sort of how God is, you know. It says He gave the Spirit as a deposit, as a guarantee. What we don't know is it was 99%. It wasn't a 10% deposit. It was a 99% God who said, I'm going to just hold back 1% just so there'd be something new for you in heaven. Just something exciting for you. And we live back here in the 10% range. Father, just release that revelation to people this morning. Lord, we want to bless people this morning. We want our lives, Lord, to be radically different going forward, Lord. We're asking for more of the manifest presence of Jesus Christ. The focus of heaven, the glory of heaven, that all things point to Christ. And all roads take us to Him. And I pray You would heal people, Lord. Lord, I pray for people that may have problems with alcohol and drug abuse. That you would heal them. You would heal their hearts. Heal their hearts so they wouldn't be no more longer chained to something like that. Pornography, Lord, or just bad thoughts. Whatever, Lord, I pray you'd heal hearts today. A deliverance would come. A healing would come. Because heaven is a free place. Heaven is a beautiful place. And heaven's a healthy place, Lord. And we just pray you just release that into people right now in Jesus' name. Lord, there's just so much. I just see, you know, I just see like God just pouring out buckets of blessing and buckets and buckets and buckets of His presence, of light, of glory, of healing, Lord, of, of deliverance. I just see it just being poured and poured and poured and poured and poured out. Lord, we just we, we kiss the Son right now. We kiss Him. We kiss Jesus. Just give Jesus a kiss. Give Him your best kiss. Oh, yes, Lord. I had a friend of mine who had a dream about an angel French kissing him. <laughs> he said it was embarrassing in the dream. It embarrassed him because, you know, this is a, the angel looked like a woman and well, I think the Lord wants to French kiss some people. Just give it all, God. We'll take it all, God. If it embarrasses us, that's okay. We want to be embarrassed. We want to be It says, kiss the Son. Because the Son is kissing you. And He's kissed you. We'll continue to kiss you. And love on you. Let hearts be healed right now in Jesus' name. Hey, if you're a person that you feel like the Lord spoke to you, like, like me, like, gosh, you know, I've, I've been sort of found, waiting to balance and found lacking. But you know what? It was such a good time to be weighed like that. It was it was good. It was sweet. If you feel like that, you raise your hand. Just say, Lord, that's me. Doggone it. It's me, Lord. Isn't that liberty to say that? God, I, I was waiting the balance. I thought, but now I know there's so much more that you have. You're so much more wonderful. And I'm making a choice today, Lord, to believe that and receive that. 
That's all you got to do is just receive it. Just receive it right now. And God will begin to flood you with, with stuff. He'll begin to flood you with stuff. He's just got, he's, he's a good God. He's a loving Father. Lord, we pray for all those who have that distant look in their eyes when it comes to the spiritual things, that that distant look would be replaced with a very close look. Thank you, Lord. Let's just take, it, you guys, take another minute, if you would. Let's, yeah, if you want to be prayed for, somebody lay hands on you, that'd be a sweet thing. Somebody lay hands on you. Get some people up here to lay hands on some people and just, just release God's love. If you want somebody to come and touch you, come on. I know more than one. Charlie's the only one. Lord bless him. Come on. Anybody else want to be prayed for? Get up here. Come on. Jesus will love on you. Jesus wants to get more, more encounters. Jesus wants to give people encounters. Encounters with His love and goodness. Encounters with His fire and passion. Lord, we just release that. Just those encounters for people. Help people who are burdened with things in this life. Help people, Lord. Just help people who are just burdened in their hearts, Lord. They're carrying sorrow and distractions and desires for other things, Lord. Just help them, Lord. You know, the Bible says there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ. In Christ Jesus. God has no condemnation. He cannot condemn you. He would not condemn you. He would only love you and approve of you. He's an approving God. He's, a, he's, a, he's really happy for you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Yes, I am living just 